You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown! You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's Victory Monday episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports, parents fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. The Packers went into Sunday night's game against the Tennessee Titans looking for a signature win. And by the time the ball was kicked Sunday night, they knew the game meant nothing. The L.A. Rams lost to the Seattle Seahawks, and so the Packers could not clinch the number one seed with a win. In fact, the only way they can do that is with a win in week 17 against the Chicago Bears. So on a cold night, temperatures below freezing, when snow blanketed the field, and when Derek Henry, the closest thing to the boogeyman we have in the NFL, especially in December, and especially for cheeseheads with a team that has had notorious, infamous blunders in big games stopping the run. The Packers could have merely packed it in. And instead, they chose to fight. And not only did they choose to fight, they bullied the bully using the exact playbook the Titans would have liked to use. 37 carries, 234 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, both by A.J. Dillon, who breaks out in really what is his debut. This is the first time A.J. Dillon has had the opportunity to carry the ball on any kind of consistent basis. He goes out 21 carries, a buck 24, including a 30-yard touchdown run, broke multiple tackles on fourth and one to re-extend the Packers' lead. This was the statement win of 2020. And it was the best evidence we've seen so far this season that the Green Bay Packers are Super Bowl quality. They are, at this point, the favorite in the NFC. Go beat the Bears. And the road to the Super Bowl in the NFC goes through Lambeau Field. This was a game that earlier in the season or last year this team might have lost that they might have come out sluggish. They would have come out low energy. And instead, they came out forceful. They came out with a collective unity of purpose. And on the opening possession, they go down eight plays, four runs, four passes, and it's a touchdown. They get a stop coming out. 
And we're going to talk about the defense at length coming up. They get a stop and they come out and they score again. It's 12-0. The next possession, Darnell Savage with the interception. He was a superstar in this game. The Packers score. It's 19 to nothing. And this is starting to look like what happened in Carolina. And because Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry, because this is the number one offense in the league with the Titans, because they have guys like A.J. Brown and Corey Davis and Johnny Smith who can be explosive. They can turn any play into a 60-yard touchdown. You have to be wary about what they're able to do. So they get a touchdown at the end of the first half. They get another touchdown to open the second quarter. And you go, okay, now what? What does this team do? How do they respond to this moment? Well, three plays, 66 yards touchdown. Now, the main impetus of that drive was a 59-yard run by Aaron Jones. That should not have been a 59-yard run. He stepped out of bounds. But the Packers, because they have Aaron Rodgers, they get up to the line of scrimmage. They snap it before the Titans get a chance to see a replay. The play happened on the Packers sideline. If it happens on the Tennessee sideline, someone is looking at it and says, it, at least it's close. It's at least close. You got to throw the challenge flag, even without seeing a replay. The Packers get up to the line quickly. You throw the flag. Mike Vrabel decides not to do that. The Packers end that drive in a touchdown. The lead is back 26 to 14. The defense comes up with a stop, a three and out. The Packers get a touchdown, it's 33-14, to 14, and at that point, the game is essentially over. The Packers add another touchdown for cosmetic purposes. It is 40-14. to 14. They cap their dominating performance against the Tennessee Titans with an A.J. Dillon touchdown plunge. Tim Boyle plays. Uh, the Titans bring out their backups for the end of the game. This is not how we saw this game going. This was supposed to be a close game. The Packers were three-and-a-half-point favorites. What happened? Well, they executed at a high level. They never took their foot off the gas, and they didn't let a little adversity set them back. The Titans go out. They put a couple touchdowns on the board. All of a sudden, it's 1914. And this would have been the time last week against the Panthers where all of a sudden things stagnated. They go into a lull. The defense gets a little momentum for the opponent and the Packers can't get themselves out of it. Well, Aaron Jones, explosive play. Same thing late in the game. Green Bay is looking to put this game on ice. Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams down the left sideline. A beautiful Throw and catch. Rodgers made some absolutely preposterous throws to Devontae Adams. Uh, the first was, was the touchdown in the right corner. A little transition go route in the red zone that was placed. I mean, Rodgers could not have walked over and handed Devontae Adams the ball in any better position than he threw it. Rodgers was lights out. By the time Rodgers made his first real mistake, which was early in the fourth quarter. He had as many touchdowns as incompletions, and it was an interception trying to throw the ball back across his field, trying to channel a little Patrick Mahomes. 
And on a day when Mahomes struggled, when he had multiple interceptions dropped, and really the, the Chiefs should have lost that game on an interception that A.J. Terrell dropped in the end zone, the Aaron Rodgers MVP buzz is only going to amplify. And the fact that the Packers need this game coming up here in a week against the Bears, that was moved to the late window, by the way. The fact that the Packers are going to need that game means Aaron Rodgers has a chance to light up this Bears defense yet again. Remember, they scored 41 on this team just a few weeks ago. And yeah, Chicago might be rolling a little bit on offense, but the Packers are rolling on defense. This was their best defensive performance, really of the Mike Patton era. I was talking to America's guest and friend of the show, Jason Hershorn, about it after the game. Probably the best defensive performance, at least since the Minnesota game last year, which means it's been at least a full year. I would say it's their best defensive performance in the Mike Patton era, especially given the stakes and especially given the the opponent. The Tennessee Titans, number one in offense by scoring, number one in EPA per play on offense. They're the most balanced team in the league offensively. And even with, you know, the the blown assignment on the, the little, I don't think it was a true zone read. This Packers defense played exceptional football. I mean, they're the number two rushing offense and the number two passing offense in football. In fact, they have a better passing DVOA than the Green Bay Packers this season. I'm sure those numbers will change after this game, especially because the Packers defense has not been particularly good by DVOA. In fact, this is the best defensive performance against the Titans since October of last year. And we're going to talk more about that defensive performance coming up right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. There's so much to be making money on right now in the gambling space. NFL regular season is finishing up. We got the playoffs. There's nothing more fun about the playoffs than having a little money on the action. You don't care about what's going on on wildcard weekend, especially if the Packers aren't playing. So why not make some money while you watch? Go to betonline.ag, the only place I trust with my hard-earned dollars. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for a 50% off welcome bonus. Don't forget the promo code Locked On to get 50% off when you make your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And I mentioned bet online. Betting doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the, the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked on Bets. Brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Let's talk about this Packers defense. Because what this Packers defense was able to do against the Titans is remarkable. Derrick Henry was, of course, the primary focus. And he was held to 98 yards on 23 carries. That's a 4.3 yard per carry average. I think perhaps more importantly, a 10-yard long. He did not break the big run. Now, Ryan Tannehill did. But if your quarterback is going to run for a 45-yard touchdown, listen, if it means Derrick Henry's not beating you, then that's just going to have to be fine. The Packers defense in the run game 
was exceptional. They played a number of different fronts. In fact, they played a couple traditional 4-3 looks where they had four true defensive linemen on the field. They played some of those hybrid looks. They run blitzed on early downs. They brought Darnell Savage on a blitz earlier in the game to force a third down stop. Ryan Tannehill has to get the ball out earlier than he wants to. Darnell Savage was unbelievable in this game, had the interception, should have had two, and, and was a fingernail away from like two others. He was everywhere. He has become an impact player down to down, game to game. He is a field tilter when he is used as this robber middle of the field player. And and the second would-be interception was actually, I believe, off a deep middle play where Ryan Tannehill rolled out and and Savage came over and, and almost made the interception but got the pass breakup. Ryan Tannehill finished 11 of 24 for 121 and a touchdown with two picks. As I said, could have been more. And the Packers defended 10 balls officially. They hit Ryan Tannehill five times, but that does not tell the whole story. In fact, according to Next Gen Stats, this was the third best pass rush performance by pressure rate of the season. They got pressure on almost 36% of pass attempts. And three of the four highest pressure rate games for the Packers have come since week 13. Zadarius Smith, Rashawn Gary, and Preston Smith all forced a turnover from pressure. This team is starting, and and not even starting, forget starting. This team is playing good defense. I'll say it again. This team is playing good defense. Jair Alexander was locked down. Corey Davis took the collar on Sunday night. A.J. Brown, four catches for 43 yards on eight targets. On eight targets. Johnu Smith caught three of his seven targets. Only two players went over 20 yards receiving in this football game. That was Johnu Smith and A.J. Brown. The Packers were winning one-on-one battles. Rashawn Gary was a force on the edge. Preston Smith turns a pressure into an interception by Christian Kirksey, who comes in and makes a play. And there is something really fitting about that. Because Preston Smith saw his playing time cut because of his play, and yet he started to play better, not worse as a result. He didn't turtle. He didn't go into his shell. He decided, okay, I am going to use this as the wake-up call that it is meant to be and start playing while he played excellent run defense. He rushed the passer and creates that turnover. And guess what? Christian Kirksey, same deal. Now, that was a little bit of a lollipop from Tannehill because of the pressure. But guess what? He was rotating in with Kamel Martin. Chris Barnes has taken his job. And what does he do? He goes out and makes a huge play in the second half of this game. He didn't hang his head. He didn't, he didn't pout. And maybe he did, but he didn't let it show on the football field. And there is an energy right now with this team that they didn't have last year. And I haven't seen it with this team at least until since at least 2016 and maybe not even then. I think you have to go back to 2014, the second half of that season or the middle part of that season, you know, where they're, you know, they're up five touchdowns at halftime. This team didn't do that, but this is that kind of performance. 
This reminded me of that week 16 game against the Giants back in 2010. When they go out and they just demolish a really good defense and you go, oh. And of course, we know how that season ended. Now, this was sort of the reverse, right? The Packers offense, which has been lights out all season, we knew they were getting to 40. I said all week they're getting to 40. But what they did defensively is the culmination of something that they've been building toward over the last two months. And so make make your Mike Patton jokes. And this still might not be enough to save his job. And if the Packers defense puts up another stinker in the playoffs, you know, we can have the conversation again about the future of Mike Patton. Right now, there there that conversation is not just on hold. Like it's there is no conversation right now. Because this defense is playing good football. I don't and not forget better. They're playing good football right now. And the development of these players to be playing at this level and to be put in these positions and and the willingness to make these sort of adaptations to say, okay, Darnell Savage, we're going to fundamentally change what we're asking you to do. Or at least have you do a thing that you have done in the past much more often. And they played more man coverage. They've shown a willingness week to week to adapt to what they want to do, to what they're trying to do because of what they can do to their opponents. And we're seeing every week over the last two months, the Packers have gone in with what I think are good plans to stop these teams. And there have been some lapses, some physical and mental lapses to be sure. And and that is partially on coaching for sure. But Kevin King was not a liability in this game against a team that has two real receivers. They couldn't get the ball to Corey Davis. They couldn't get the ball to A.J. Brown when Kevin King was on him. Green Bay had a plan. And it's one thing to have a plan and have a good plan. Plenty of teams have a good plan. It's like the Mike Tyson quote. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. You go out and you play the Titans. You say, okay, we're going to play single high. And we're going to play sticky man coverage. And you're not going to get the ball to your receivers. Okay, good luck. Good luck. And and look, I was wrong. I said last week, maybe the best way to play this team is to play too deep. And, you know, let Derrick Henry get five yards a carry and not give up anything over the top. The Packers were able to limit Derrick Henry and not give up anything over the top because their secondary is playing at a high level and because their pass rush is playing at an extremely high level right now. Rashawn Gary was a monster in this game. Kenny Clark, Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Kingsley Kiki, even Tyler Lancaster made a couple plays in the run game. You've got Chris Barnes firing downhill, Kamel Martin playing. And then you have this group of, of secondary players who are just playing with their hair on fire. Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos. Right now, find me three defensive backs on the same team playing at, at the level that they are right now. It almost doesn't matter what Kevin King does when that's the level of productivity you're getting from your defensive backfield. And then couple that with what they're doing with from a pass rush standpoint. And you've got a defense that can shut teams down. And we saw the Saints. They put up 52 points. The Buccaneers put up 47. We know the Seahawks and the Rams can score. 
So what the Packers are going to have to do is not only score points. We know they can score. We know they can score 40 against anyone. They score 40 with ease in this game. But their defensive upside. I felt a little bit like a broken clock early in the year going, look, their guys just have to play better. They've got the talent. They just need to play better. This is the version of that defense I was talking about. And I wasn't sure they were going to get there. I mean, I'm not taking a victory lap on this because I was not sure they could get there. I wasn't sure they could do it. I wasn't sure that from a coaching standpoint, from an institutional standpoint, that the guys were going to be put in the best position to succeed. And here we are, just having shut down one of the best offenses in football. This is a team that came in, as I said on the show last week, 7th in EPA per play, 11th against the run. Playing like a top 10 defense since week eight. Since that Vikings game, this defense has been good. And they were great on Sunday night. Before we finish up, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the, it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They've got six new flavors to go with their stable of already stellar ones. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, apple almond crisp to go along with peanut butter, salted caramel, a peanut butter brownie, toffee almond. It's not just the chocolate flavors. They've got all kinds of delicious ones in the mix for you, although they are all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're great for someone who is trying to watch what they eat but still wants to indulge in something that tastes delicious. That's the problem with a lot of these protein bars. They taste like garbage. Belt Bar is different. It's got low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, and yet tastes like something you would go to the drugstore or the grocery store and pick up in the in the line on the way to the checkout, you know, a little a little candy, a little a little something sweet. Only it's not going to make you feel guilty because it's actually good for you. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On to get twenty percent off your next order. That's promo code Locked On for twenty percent off at BuiltBar.com. Coming up tomorrow on Locked On Packers, it's our Expert Tuesday for Bears Week, and of course Wednesday, how you doing? Thursday is our crossover, and then Packers-Bears coming up next Sunday. Before we finish up, I just want to take a look at where the NFC stands right now. As we sit here today on Monday morning, of course, the Bills and the Patriots play tonight. The Packers are the number one seed at 12-3. and The Saints at 11-4 and are your two. They would play Chicago with the seven seed, uh, we'd get a Seahawks-Rams rematch. Jared Goff right now, as of the reporting that we have at time of recording, reports are that the Rams are worried that Jared Goff broke his finger on his throwing hand, which would mean that if he can't play, uh, the Rams' playoff hopes are nil. And even if he can play, he's going to be severely hampered. So that bodes well for the Seahawks' chances of moving up. But... Could be problematic for the Packers if they want to avoid Tampa Bay because Seattle is the three right now. Uh, Los Angeles is the six. If we assume Tampa as the five beats Washington as the four. And and by the way, before we just leave that as a given, Washington will have to win in week 17 because if Dallas wins and Washington loses, Dallas wins the division and we would get a Cowboys-Buccaneers first-round matchup with a chance for Mike McCarthy to win 
and go play the Packers potentially in Lambeau in the second round, which would just be wild. But from a, a game theory standpoint, if you had hopes that that six seed would beat the three and avoid the Packers having to play Tampa Bay, which I think is what you want just because the upside of what Tampa can be. Now, I don't think if they came to Green Bay, they would be you know, what we saw uh, over the weekend on Saturday with the dismantling of the, the Lions, a team that didn't even have coaches because of COVID. Your faith in Jared Goff as the six to do that is probably low, but the Rams in beating the Seahawks, you know, this is a team that they've already split. So this is the rubber match. And, you know, the 49ers are still going to be a tough opponent coming up next week for the Seahawks. Um, the Rams have the Cardinals. You know, this division race is over because Seattle has already won it. But, you know, maybe things get interesting. Maybe maybe the Cardinals beat the Rams in week 17. The, the, the Rams become the seven. The Cardinals become the six. And they, we've seen them, beat the Seahawks this season. And wouldn't you want to see Arizona with that toilet bowl offense come to Lambeau Field? They can't run the ball. Uh, they don't have a very good defense. Come in instead of Tampa Bay. Now, obviously, you want to be the best. You got to beat the best. And if you want to go to the Super Bowl, you're probably going to have to beat some really good teams. So worrying about when you have to play them. Maybe not that big a deal. If you can avoid Tampa Bay in round two, you want to do that. It's not going to cause Green Bay to lose on Sunday. I know that. It's That's that's not going to be the reason. If they lose to the Bears, it's going to be because they play bad. And the Bears play really well. No, I don't see it. The Packers are favorites in Chicago. Uh, the early line that I saw via bet online was, was Packers minus four. That was before the Titans game was over. So that line could be different now and that was an early early game um number so my guess is that the packers points has has gone up since then of course we will see the packers are not going to be playing politics with these seedings they don't care they they know they can beat anyone they proved it on sunday night and i just think it's important for us to have some context about what's going on around the conference green bay to me anyway looks like the best team and, you know, the Saints defense has not looked the same over the last few weeks. Tampa Bay has been so up and down. I never know what to expect from them week to week. The Seahawks have not played particularly inspired football here for two months now. And the Rams, who looks like they might be the scariest of those teams, now might have a quarterback with a broken thumb on his throwing hand and, you know, lost to the Seahawks in a game where they couldn't do anything against the defense that was giving up 500 yards early in the season. So, it's hard to feel like that team is much of a threat. It really does feel like this is a three-team race with the Packers, Saints, and, and Buccaneers. And at this point, I still like the Packers. All right, Expert Tuesday coming tomorrow. We've got Zayu doing on Wednesday, crossover Thursday. We're following a similar schedule this week in terms of the way that we are structuring it. We're going to have a Monday show, a Tuesday show, a Wednesday show, and a Thursday show. No Friday show on the first uh, because you're not going to listen to it. Uh, you're going to be hungover or you're going to be watching football or whatever it is. So four shows this week and a wonderful, glorious week 17 matchup with the Chicago Bears waiting. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find 
Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.